Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Mitchin. We are a weekly food podcast coming out of Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins and with me today is my co-host, the pride of Toon Gabby, Mitchell Orr. <laughs> pretty sure no one in Toon Gabby gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no one in Toon Gabby gives a fuck about anything. No, though, so this is true. It's pretty this even. And uh, we are officially... A year old and we only just made it weekly this week. Yeah, what do you mean? I mean we went weekly. up at like 11.58, didn't it? Oh, yeah, last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah just made yeah, it. Just, but we we, we are weekly it. again, and we, yeah, the Mitchin is officially one year old. So, happy birthday to us. Yay! Yay. Happy birthday! Did you, did you make a cake or what? Yes. <laughs> that was a Caribbean joke, by the way. <laughs> did you make a cake? <laughs> did you make a cake? Oh, that's good. That's good. Zing! <laughs> Use that one again. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, today... <laughs> today, we are at Momofuku Seobo. Momofuku Off to a great Seobo. Seobo? Seobo. Is that a Jamaican oh, joke too? Feels all around. Uh, and we are here because is it the Sayobo? We're at the restaurant that nobody knows how to say. We're here because we're, we're trying at to figure automata. out. We're at Automata. Yay! And I'm Wells. We're here because the Gourmet Traveller 2017 Australian Restaurant Guide came out just this week. Woo! And uh, number one on their top 100 lists of all Australia restaurants is Momofuku Sayobo. <laughs> <laughs> and so joining us today, we have. I know this, uh, his full title because uh, one of our audience members corrected it in his Wikipedia at our live episode earlier in the year. Uh, the chief restaurant critic and deputy editor of Gourmet Traveller, Pat Nurse. Good evening and welcome. Woo-hoo. Welcome back to the, uh, your third episode of The Mitchin, but the third, your first Second proper official. one. Oh, I, so yeah, the live ones I think the first official. one was just you guys like punching me in the face with the microphone at Rootstock. So <laughs> That's how every guest that gets treated. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have from Team Amafuku Siobo. I'm going to just mispronounce it each time and feel more and more bad about it <laughs> as the episode progresses. Uh, we've got uh, Kylie Javier Ashton, um, who is the GM. You're not going to pronounce it. just anything properly. <laughs> 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 no, just like, no. <laughs> and I've also got Paul Camichel. Paul Camichel from Brazil. Paul Carmichael, mate. Fresh, welcome, fresh welcome. back from Rio. <laughs> fresh, fresh off the Olympic train. Who is the uh, executive chef at Momofuku. Congratulations, guys, on getting number one. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, Pat, on getting another guide out. Hooray! How many of the reviews in this little book that I'm holding in my hand did you write? Uh, probably I wrote five, so around a hundred. Fuck. Maybe. And I, I mean... I, I was just looking over my speech notes from the awards the other day and I went down the hilarious, like, this is how many cows I've eaten this year, this is how many chickens I've eaten this year routine. 
uh, which slayed them. I it think, was great. Right. It went down really laughs. well. I mean, this is this is this is a moment of introspection for us here at Gourmet Traveller, Mitch, because the magazine turns fifty this year, which is insane and ridiculous. Well, we turned one. Hey, <laughs> all right. So eat that, man. Uh, um, and it's the twelfth. This is the twelfth restaurant guide I've done with GT. So I was doing the numbers. Let's call it 170 meals a year for the guide-ish, 10, 12 years. So I think it's like 2,000 meals or something in that vicinity. Jesus. I'm a word guy, not a numbers guy. I don't know if you're picking up on that. That's fine. So I think that's like, that's what do you reckon? Like a, 300, a 360 cows, <laughs> 500 sheep, low thousands for the chickens, quarter of do a crocodile. You, do you think you've eaten the whole animals though? Like equivalent of what parts? Know. What parts? Yeah, of it, the it would animals. be if you were to do a really cool infographic of those animals yeah. re-described in terms of what are the bits of them they no, ate that have, so really, they'd have really small animals? eyes and really big asses. So <laughs> how many animals are you responsible for wasting? Ooh. Oh, I don't, I don't I, I waste very few, Mitch. Um, you a takeaway man? Totally. Yeah, me too. Totally, I totally. I, I am very pro doggy bag. I always over order, so I have takeaway for the next day. Well, it takes care of lunch for the next How day. How often do you exactly. eat it the next day, though? Mostly. I've doggy bag from Momofuku Sayobo. Yeah, so have I. Sam. Yeah. And like, from it's Ac- handy. Uh, from Acme, I don't think you guys no. have put out enough food to really dog it back anything, go. but I've definitely... Maybe you should order, <laughs> maybe you should order properly. <laughs> <laughs> How much tofurkey have you eaten in the last 12 years? Next to nil, I think. Maybe one. What? Not a whole no. tofurkey. Uh, there's probably like eight Dariol molds in there as well. Three to seven Band-Aids. I don't know. <laughs> I bought Neil Perry at least two cars put one of his kids through school um, I think is that just from one meal <laughs> boom how many just, just one entree how many delicious Victoria coffees have you drunk in those 12 years quite a few thank you to our sponsors Victoria uh, Victoria don't give us money bro to Ilve to Petuna we don't, we don't need to promote Victoria edit gonna, that shit out they're going to listen to this episode uh, and, and then, then, then you're like oh, let's give the Mitching guys some, Ooh, some I made um, some money. my tea this morning with my amazing Alessi juice Right on. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> you, want, you want to give you me made a tea? Cool. You made a tea oh, in well, a juicer? With the lemon. With the lemon. The oh, juicy okay. salad. The, the yeah, yeah. Philip Stark also, classic Also, Leslie does not 80s. give us any money, so let's not give them props. <laughs> <laughs> Who can we give props to, Mitch? <laughs> no one, because no one gives us any fucking money. All right, so no one will get any compliments <laughs> in this <laughs> what episode. What did you ask? Did you ask, Mitch? <laughs> no, we haven't asked. We oh, are well. very grateful to all of our sponsors because we love celebrating Australian restaurants and this project. To produce this guide costs a ton of money. money like we go in and review all these restaurants fresh every year we pay for all the meals and that's super super expensive so this sounds like a big shill but I'm really glad that people are willing to put in their pockets make put, it possible I, th- I think it's cool that these, these sponsors actually think there's enough importance in celebrating Australian restaurants that they actually want to give us a ton of money to do this so let's not take it for granted but we weren't no. Mitch was. I was. <laughs> I, I would all like to also like to say that Lord I noticed Jesus. the stock. Please, please the do pa- the paper stock in the guide this year. It's richer. There's less. So, there's less see through. There's like there's eighty GSM in that bitch you think, right there. You think it's better? Uh, maybe it I haven't is. picked I was, up a guide in a Mitch, couple of years. I was, I was in the meeting where we were fondling paper stock. <laughs> that there's next to no see through in that. So would you call yourself a glass half empty guy, Mitch? <laughs> no, I just like to take opportunity. A mug, mug Shall I top empty. your water up? I just like to break Pat's balls about when it? I can. <laughs> yeah, we, we like to celebrate complaining chefs. It's it's a it's a crowd. Trying to live up to my reputation over here. I mean, Levens, you you oh, slipped through the through the looking glass in these last few years. I mean, you've been writing about restaurants 
under your own steam for your own publications. In the last couple of years, you've become a reviewer for um, the Gourmet Traveller Restaurant Guide. You also review for the Good Food Guide. You may yet also publish for other guides I haven't heard of, other other <laughs> guides, I don't know. Does that, has that changed your perspective on how the whole thing is done? It, I used to be a real cunt when, uh, like when, I, when I started writing about not so much food, but like you know, I used to do a lot of music reviewing, and I used to be really horrible to things I didn't like. Because um, it's funny. It is. It's really funny. I was definitely way meaner when I first started, like way, way meaner. But I feel like when writing, even if I really, really hate a meal, I feel like there is part of my brain that knows how much effort, even though like the effort might not be seen in the meal you're eating, you know how much effort everyone else is putting into just fucking surviving as a restaurant in Sydney. So it definitely you know, allows, makes you hold back when you, when you want to be really critical about something. Also, a little bit of criticism goes a really really long way I mean people aren't stupid if you say this is better than that you should really go hard on this which is you know we, we, we when we're I mean you've worked for our restaurant guide you've read our restaurant guide style guide we yeah, don't Pat has one of the most humorous uh, style guides yes, going around yes yes and it's like it just sounds like you yelling it at someone. There we go. <laughs> um, but I mean, when we don't we don't send our reviewers in asking them to trash restaurants. I mean, there was a well known, uh, if not well respected, Melbourne restaurant reviewer a few years ago who had said in public that he goes into restaurants. His methodology is to go into a restaurant with a perfect score in his head and then start looking for problems. Right. And that's a shitty life to live. That's mm. not a fun way to dine out. I mean, we, we don't want to give any, anyone a free pass. And if there's problems, there's problems. And, you know, uh, you want to call a spade a spade with these things. But by the same token, we're looking for the good stuff, you know. And, and we want to give our readers a game plan. You know, not everyone likes every restaurant. Um, we all have different tastes in different restaurants. But what we want to give you is an accurate picture of what the place is like and maybe an idea of how to get the most out of it. Yeah, that said, I, I, about me trying not to be critical, Miffy last year when Who? I wrote for, for Miffy Rigby for the editor of the Good Food Guide uh, <laughs> said that uh, she um, found my reviews to be the, easily the most critical and I gave the lowest scores across the board. But I think that was because I was the rookie and I still am the rookie. So they just kind of give me, um, you know, around, across the board almost, uh, the, the reviews that everyone else is sick of reading, writing. <laughs> I, I would say that, I mean, looking across the 60 reviewers who write for us around the country because we are Australia's only national restaurant guide. Um, smooth, huh? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the newer reviewers tend to go the hardest. Right, and then they just get sick of being a, a cunt and, and grow out no, of it. No, it's just a matter... I think it's just getting a matter of... It's a matter of getting a feel for the whole picture. Like, I think a good restaurant guide offers context. You know, I think we can offer a perspective on restaurants around Australia because we've been to all the restaurants. Yeah. You know, we can we can sort of benchmark restaurant A against restaurant B because we've looked at a lot of restaurants over a lot of time. You know, so yeah. that's it. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's got an opinion, but you can work to inform that opinion a bit more. What about the looking glass for the rest of us? Because, I mean, I know that, I mean, we all probably grew up reading one of, one of like, probably both guides, you know, as we, as we were passionate about the food scene even before being involved in it. Um, Kylie, does it change being involved in a restaurant that you know is featured in the guide? And, like, does that change how you read the rest of the guide? Uh, like, to be honest... I probably read less and less guides now. Um, I find it very much a distraction for me. Um, you know, 
I think when I started out in the industry, it was, you know, I just wanted to be immersed in it and find out what everyone was doing and sort of as I've gotten older and sort of particularly within this restaurant in in the last couple of years we've really turned introspective um so it's always really good to know what's going on on a general level and it's always really good to see like the feedback so you know I obviously read all of our reviews but to be honest I I tend to stay clear of getting too involved in that because I feel like when you're so concerned about what everyone is doing and how you're um how you're comparing yourself to everybody else it can be a little bit of a dangerous game you know and um so for us you know I know like especially since Paul got here and it's been really nice to be honest since Paul got here because he's been sort of been fresh in Sydney he's got no context in terms of like who's doing what who's who whereas sort of I've been in great like this is my life Sydney Mm. hospitality is so you know ingrained in me but it's it's been like a bit of a breath of fresh air because it's just like okay let's just focus on doing us let's just do that really well as well as we can do and sort of that's what our focus has been and I think that for me mentally and for the restaurant it's just been yeah that's that's what our 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 focus has been and it's been good for us really yeah uh for me coming here was quite awesome and you know being accepted by the the Sydney hospitality industry was really refreshing and for me I I had no clue I have I still have no clue about Sydney and the the hospital but what I do know is people like Mitch and Clayton and Morgan you know like those guys have like they're friends now so it's more for me it's more of like knowing someone and like loving their restaurant rather than being like yo mitch what's your next move for for 2017 yo mitch what's your next move for 2017 <laughs> more time on the couch yeah <laughs> <laughs> for, for me it's sort of the same as mama like i'm I don't By know the way, if, uh, Mitch calls Kylie Mama. I don't know if don't you ask. noticed, but it's I'm... It's not weird. It's not weird. It's affectionate. It's only weird when you're sitting on a lap. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Mitch. Um, Sorry, For Luke. me, like, I'm, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm very opinionated. Mm-hmm. And I like the same as Mama, like Sydney hospitality and this industry is my life. And it's what I care most about. So I take things, not personally for me, but when I read the top 100... I get really frustrated sometimes at where restaurants sit and not because I don't like the restaurant or the people behind the restaurant or whatever, but it doesn't, it doesn't sit with me. And I know how hard it is to fucking put a hundred less restaurants in a list, you know, like I probably couldn't even put 10 in Sydney in a list. I, as a thought exercise, try it. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. It's really interesting. Yeah. And, and, and where send, right, send, right, your, uh, send your lists right, to the Mission, uh, yeah, right, the mission right, Podcast that right, you know I invite you to write the Mitch 100 and post it in a public place. Yeah, yeah write, write 100 restaurants that you think Mitch likes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably can't yeah. find 100. KFC, no. Castle Ray Street. <laughs> 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 I think you should also invite 60 people around the country to also well, tell you what they yeah, think about and it at the same I, time. I completely appreciate how hard it is, but at the same time, 
I care about my opinion more than I care about anybody else's opinion because that's how I am. So it's the mansion <laughs> exactly. podcast. But <laughs> at the same time, when you're young and looking at the guides, they're almost mythical things, you know, because you don't understand the whole industry and you don't know everyone in the industry. So, you know, I used to read the GT guide and be like, fuck, imagine how good all the people are that work in that restaurant. Will I ever be good enough to work in a two-star one star, three star restaurant. Tets is going to be number one forever. Not even that, but it's like, and then you you move through your career and you move up and you get to work in better restaurants and you realize that not everyone in every restaurant is the fucking greatest chef in the world. Like, there's donkeys and there's guns and there's people that balance each other's weaknesses out. And that's, you know, so the guide sort of becomes less mythical. And you understand it more, so it sort of becomes Do less Do not important. peek behind the curtain, <laughs> yeah. Mitchell. But, you know, like, it's still fun to read and it's still really good when you get in there and you get a star and you make the top 100. It's something that, as a young chef, I was like, fuck, if I could ever crack the top 100, that would be amazing. But now I'm here, I'm like, why aren't I fucking top 30, you know? So, you can what never... Are, what number are you, Mitch? 74. That's, my, that's the UAI I got. Is it? Yeah. Well, so, again, pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> what UAI so we, did you we get? Moved up. Let's all hey, tell everyone Acme what Mitch moved up almost we 20 spots. What's UAI? I've fucking got no idea. I think it was like did 68. You, did you not oh, get one? I failed maths in year 12. <laughs> computer science graduate. Yeah. Paul's a computer science graduate. Yeah. Weird. Can you can you conduct the rest of the interview in C, please? It's in C. 101010101101. Pascal or Oh, baby. Say it again. C++. <laughs> You're a Linux guy though, right? Nah, CDOS. C C and Pascal. <laughs> Sucked. Terrible time of my life. Terrible. <laughs> that, that means you're really great at making memes, right? That's all, that's all, that's all that great That's why he's yeah. not on what social media. Makes a lot yeah. of memes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of likes Mr. Robot that little bit too much. <laughs> but yeah, but like Did you really like sneakers? Sneakers? Yeah, the movie. I don't even know what that is. Oh, dude. Well, no wonder you're not into computer yeah. science anymore. Sneakers Sorry. or hackers? Sneakers. Sneakers is a different one. Sneakers is the superior film. All right. It had River Phoenix in it. Oh, okay, cool. And what Robert Redford. <laughs> I don't know. I've forgotten. As you, Pat's turned the podcast into his own, so. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Pat? <laughs> 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 the Patchen podcast. I'd uh, actually just been saying to Mitch before this podcast, I think what this podcast needs is more Mitch and, and yeah. Lowe. There you go, you know. I mean, I mean, I'm awake today, so. Yeah. He insists that he comes to each episode. That's why we insisted you came here, so that you wouldn't be sitting on your couch just yeah. being like, oh, yeah, you yeah, guys. It's hard. Like, if we do it in the restaurant or at home, I'm, sometimes I'm not in the zone, you know. And sometimes Lev just likes to talk a lot and ask a lot of stupid questions. Hey, so give us five stars on iTunes. I, I mean, I really like the idea that restaurants cook for their customers. Yeah, you and know, that, that's, that's that's I mean that's I, the other thing I you can't cook for yeah, the guide. I don't, You've I cook don't for write yourself. restaurant reviews for restaurants and for chefs. And you know this is so our restaurant guide has just come out this month. The Gourmet Traveler Restaurant Guide on stands now with the September issue of Gourmet Traveler. And right <laughs> 12, now twelve ninety five twelve ninety five. And right now is the time when I get a lot of emails and telephone calls and messages and rocks with notes attached and thrown through my window where people are like, well. Why isn't my restaurant higher placed? Or can you, you know, detail? Do you really? Absolutely. Yeah, right. And can you, and fair enough too. You know, you can't publish this big, only leading national restaurant guide without, you know, being held to account on this stuff. Um, and I take every phone call. I answer every email. Um, 
I mean, sometimes it comes down to that tricky point where you've danced around it long enough and you actually have to say, well, your, our reviewer went there, your restaurant wasn't that great, that's the result. Yeah. You know? Um, this was our experience. And it's very hard if you're a restaurant owner or a chef to picture the idea of your restaurant not being awesome all the time. But I'm here to tell you that I've been reviewing restaurants in Sydney professionally for nearly 20 years. I've been to every top restaurant in this country 10 times at least. And all of them have had an off day. You know, it's just yeah. a matter of being able to look at it in a sort of systemic way. It's like, is this a one-time fuck-up where someone's just dropped the ball just yeah. a little bit? Or Everyone's is human. everything across the board unseasoned here? Have they fucked up consistently? You know, how well is this kitchen run? And that's, that's kind of what we'd like our reviewers to look for. I mean, a bad restaurant re- review for me is... Or a bad review of anything, for that matter, is... I went here and this was what this is what I felt about this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's, I mean, it does eventually come down to your taste, but a good review is concrete. You know, it actually brings in a lot of detailed observation and it's observation wedded to an argument, you know. Uh, and I'd like to think that's what we do at GT. You know, it's not boohoo this was a tad too salty anytime you see the word tad it's like a big red flag bad restaurant review alert bad restaurant review alert also Also, bad name alert bad name alert exactly never trust a tad yeah Um, I mean you know for those of you at the table who are restaurant professionals what's a what's a apart from I mean yes of course you want to be called restaurant of the year or you want more stars or more hats or you want to be in the world's top 50 or whatever but apart from being celebrated What's a good rest? What does a good restaurant review look like to you? What's an interesting or useful restaurant review? Have you ever had a good restaurant review? For me, I want I it the stars and the hats and blah 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 is all great because it uh, it helps your business be busier because yeah. it puts your business out in front of more people. Yeah, but it's like a ready reckoner for people yeah, who don't necessarily get restaurants. The aim is never to get a star or get into the guide or whatever. Our aim is to do what we do and create a great restaurant for our customers and be busy and a successful business. Right on. So everything on top of that is the cherry on top in a way. For me, to get a good restaurant review, I want the person reviewing it, whoever the fuck it is, if it's Pat Nurse, if it's Andrew Levins, if it's Joe Blow, the blog that three people (laughs) read, I want them to understand what we're doing. Yeah. And if they understand and they get it, and then they say this was shit because it's not to my personal taste or whatever, that's fine. Not everyone has to fucking like everything. But when they don't understand what we're trying to do or they aren't open to what we're trying to do and then they want to slam you for that, that's a bad review. I agree. I mean, this is, this is again, what I want to tell the people who are reviewing for us. It's like, slow down, be open to it, and be careful, you know, is this a matter of your personal taste? Is, is, this a, is this thing that you think might be a mistake actually a mistake or is it a, is it a decision this person has made, you know? And you need to know enough about the food to know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember when, when some of the restaurant reviews came out for David Thompson's restaurant, Nam when he opened in London and he got slammed for the food being too spicy. Yeah. And, you know, if you know the first thing about Thai food, Thai food in it's Thailand... Spicy is spicy that's that's how it goes you know so knowing your subject is is part of the game here yeah it's that that's the level of understanding and that's i think why a lot of people get frustrated with blogs or xyz or reviews because not everyone has been reviewing for 20 years 
but everyone likes to put their opinion across and have it taken as gospel as well, you know. And just because you can write something on a piece of paper and have it published doesn't necessarily mean you know what you're talking about. Do you guys do you guys feel like reviews are getting more extreme, whether positive or negative, so that they can stand out against the noise well, a bit? Well, because that's like I find that it's really easy to be positive. It's really easy to be negative. The difficulty in food writing comes from writing about something that's you know just good, average, good enough, and mm. and doing still doing that that place justice and getting your qualms across without completely sledging it or without praising it too much. Mm. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, that that sort of. This is a good restaurant, but it's not going to change your life. Review is the one that you've got to get good at. Yeah. You know? Why should we go here? Why should we spend our time and money here? But is the, like, instant virality of, of blogs, do you think that's affecting the press world as well? It's funny how much people still talk about blogs because blogs don't no, really they don't exist really that much but anymore. But I mean, it's an easier way to kind of group, you know, social more, media. It's more, it's you mean, not, you yeah, mean, it's more social media. It's yeah, more like I mean, Instagram. and Yeah, you hear people talk about blogs and it's like hearing your mum use the word metrosexual. It's like, <laughs> well, that actually doesn't really exist anymore. Since, <laughs> since the advent of Twitter... And, and instant microblogging, And the death you, of Queer you, Eye for the Straight Guy. And the death of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Carson, where are you? I miss you. Um, blogs have died in the ass. I mean, they've kind of dropped off. It's been really, really interesting. The good ones are still there. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There, they're and very like, few Not every blog between. is shit no. either, and not every Instagram account is shit. But, no, you know. no, no. Look, I mean, good writing is good writing. Yeah. Mm. You know. But I mean, look, sorry, is the virality of online content do you think that is, is, is you know, and, and, and someone that writes content for a predominantly online uh, publisher is more, much more likely to be far more positive or far more negative, um, be it because of experience or because of they want their article to pop off, you know, to really get as many views as possible. Do you, exactly. Do you think that that, that and, you know, how, how, how immediately viral that can be, do you think that, has an, um, that can affect the actual publishing world? I'd like to answer that question, uh, Andrew, with eight crazy fun facts you might have never heard about <laughs> restaurant, restaurant reviewing before. Or Number one. look at this freaky, recently unearthed historical photo that will blow your mind. Do you know what Paul Carmichael looks like today? <laughs> Here's eight pictures of Mitch Orr as a child that will freak you yeah. the fuck out. Remember Mitch Orr? This is him now. Feel old yet? <laughs> and there, we've clicked three clicks away from our original conversation. But have you, have you had meetings where people have told you you know, you should write more like this ever or anything like that? You no. Know, no. No. That's no. cool. I mean, I, that's one of the luxuries of, of writing for Gourmet Traveler. I mean, uh, I mean, of course, we always have a robust conversation about uh, how we do stuff editorially, whether it's, on, whether it's online or in print. I mean, we don't view a distinction. You know, we, we are a Gourmet Traveler, whether we're coming at you through your phone, your tablet, through the magic of this podcast in print, whatever. I mean, we want our brand values and our production values to be the same. We're about the good stuff. And we don't, we don't cut corners. So that's our thing. Um, so no, no one's ever said, put more kittens covered in icing <laughs> on Japanese cheesecakes on the cover. Although I did call you out recently because you, you used um, AF as fuck in, a, in one of your, your I got made to use posts, a hashtag so this week. That's amazing. Was, or encouraged I never by one of my colleagues to use a hashtag. Getting in with the times. He's just trying to prevent you. He's just trying to delay you taking over. Yeah, it's true. He's just trying to delay Actually, you. Actually, he, he sent me a text when he last ate here, and he said, Bruh, Paul's cooking is so fucking lit. <laughs> I thought Levin's was a bit more up-to-date than this. I mean, my interns, my interns stopped using the word lit, lit six months ago. So, come on, man. Levin still hasn't been in. 
Levin's, Levin's. Levin's has never eaten in this restaurant for real. Not since Paul's come in. No, no, no I'm sorry, dog. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. try my hardest to come in. <laughs> I, he's now seen, that, now that I know Levin's it's the best. At a, Levin's at a, at a, a Bieber show. But I've never <laughs> seen him in. Bieber's never toured Australia properly. You take that back. The Bieber or Beaver? Bieber. Okay. Justin. Levin's, Thanks, is so a, Levin's is a two-time dad, bro. He doesn't have time to come eat in your restaurant anymore. I know this is your show, Mitch slash Andrew, but one thing we haven't really talked about here is Momofuku Sayoba. Yeah, we're here for another little while. Yeah. Okay. All right, relax. keep your powder dry. <laughs> you're, you're the one that's been Clear running your, your mouth, Pat. Clear your jets, nurse. Come on. Well, uh, to segue into that, I thought we uh, could talk about what you loved so much about eating here that, uh, that basically made you decide to give it the best restaurant in Australia. Um, I mean... Everything you like and hate about Momofuku Seobo is still here. I mean, this is a fucking Rolls-Royce no, rollercoaster motherfucker of a restaurant. <laughs> and you've got a killer wine list. You know, I mean, Max Allen assesses our wine lists independently of how we review restaurants, gives it the full score. You've got one of the great, one of the best service teams in town, Hello Kylie. Um, the restaurant looks fantastic. The playlist is very strange maybe not quite as loud as it was once um, the booking system that everyone used to complain about is now kind of the normal standard thing for booking online so all of that glam fabulousness that's been part of this restaurant that's made it a Momofuku restaurant from day one is still here you know and things are fucking tight in the kitchen that has never wavered um, what's really interesting now is the direction that Paul's taken the food in um, and from what I understand Paul you hadn't really gotten seriously into cooking the food of Barbados in the time you were cooking it. I mean, you were a chef in New York City for, what, going on 20 years? Yeah, a long time. Uh, And you've used elements of that in your cooking, but this is the first time you've had a real vehicle or a stage or a showcase to put that food that you grew up with to the fore. Yeah, I mean, it made sense when I got here. Uh, I mean, no one really knows, but I mean, I never really talked to Kylie about it, but this is something that I've been thinking about for 10 years, man. You know, as far as, like, putting this kind of food on a platform that's never on. You know, and I've never had the space to do so. Even when I worked in in Puerto Rico, you know, which I thought would have been, like, the perfect place for it, but it just wasn't at at that particular restaurant. And then moving back to New York and working at uh, at Ma Pesh, that wasn't the spot either, you know. And you know, it's like this constant. It was like this constant, like search. It was like a, you know, old great white, you know, just swimming through the water, just trying to find that that right place. Wait, you're swimming through the water trying to find a great white shark? No, I'm. That's a, you're the, the shark. Okay. I am the shark. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> just want to clear up that analogy, there, folks. Yeah, Please keep up, know, Pat. I've, but here, it made like when I got here. I came here with a completely open mind as to what I was going to do. Like, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You weren't told to run the restaurant in a particular way. It's not like Momofuku no. Central in New York said, get down there and unleash the Caribbean flavors. No. <laughs> unleash the pork buns. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was more like I, Dave was like, hey, man, do, do, do whatever you want to do. And... I was like, well, I don't know what that is, you know. What are some of the ideas you discarded? Uh, when I got here? Yeah. Um, of the things that might have been? Uh, there are quite a few. <laughs> You're still working on that choco. Yeah, still working. <laughs> oh, the, the choco sorbet I had last time was dope. 
Oh, did, did. there's Every, been many incarnations yeah, of the choco. Listen, everybody Choco's rags the one. on this fucking choco bag. <laughs> choco's, <laughs> yeah, choco's the one thing I, I fucking hate. I would, I, would, I would put this to rest. So look, I had this idea. Whatever. Screw you, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love it. I, I want to see it happen. I've, I've no, like, I came early on when you first got here in your first menu and I've been back multiple times since and the confidence with which you're cooking and the confidence in what you're doing has just fucking grown exponentially. Like that first meal was a bit, uh, I'm not sure if we can really go this direction. I'm not sure if I have to fit a certain mold of what the restaurant was. And and as soon as you went, nah, fuck it, I'm just going to do Yeah, do man, you. I mean, it was scary. Man. I mean, it was yeah, scary no, no as doubt. fuck, man. No doubt. Like, I, you, you come into a new place, a big-ass fucking shoes to fill, you know, it's like, this is like Dave's baby. You know, it's just all this, like, random pressure yeah. that, whether powering, real powering or not. you up going, you better not fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> whether real or not, it's just like, it's there, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you come in, you got a team, and Kylie was here, and she's like. Breaking balls. You try like, you try not to disappoint, you know. And after finding like the ingredients in the market and being able to stay true to Momo and I was like oh yeah maybe I'll do this and then I felt like it was doing it fucking half ass yeah you know I felt like it was like because there's all the noise you know like everybody's like this isn't Momo you know this isn't this isn't how we used to do things. This isn't this. This isn't that. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this and fuck you, man. That's see, <laughs> boom, right there. Yeah, that's, that wasn't me saying that. <laughs> no, and that's all the menu says when you come to dine here, right? That's that's when it. That's when that switch changed, right? And then, and I, man, I, the last I meal mean, I had here was fucking phenomenal. So I was like, I have, I, I remember this very, very. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Clearly, I sat down with Kylie. And I was like, you know what, KJ? You've been supportive of everything I've done, and it's not all been good. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what is going on everywhere else. I need, I'm, I'm going to take Irish and V, and we're going to open it up and do, and just do it. And I, yeah. remember, I mean, I remember one conversation that we had when we'd launched our menu and that was great you know it was yeah. really good it's great energy to finally have paul's food in the restaurant and then you started doing the bar food right and just like the way you freaking was so creative and loved cooking the stuff was like on the bar food and i was like this is this is awesome like why Uh, And I remember you saying, like, this is how I love to cook. And I was like, well, then why aren't we doing this stuff on the tasting menu? And you're like, well, well, we we can't. And I was like, you're overthinking it, man. Like, just do what you want. Cook the way you want. Like, Yeah, for for our listeners and hosts that haven't actually eaten here, could you spell it out a bit more? (laughs) No, because... (laughs) And, and, like, which dishes in particular were you holding back? But it was really weird, you know? Like, like I said, you got this massive, beautiful restaurant. You're trying to, like, fit in, you know? And you're like, oh, this is a tasting menu. So you're like, oh, it's got to follow this thing and it's got to be this way because it's a tasting menu. You go to every other tasting menu, like that's the formula you got to follow. So that's, I was just thinking too much about it. You know, it's like, we got to do this, we got to do that. And, and then after that conversation with Kylie, it was like, this is how I actually like to cook. You know, this is how I feel most comfortable cooking. And it was just that light bulb moment where it was like, it doesn't matter if it's tasting or bar menu. But what matters is that we're having a good time doing it. What matters is that we believe in it. And what matters is like, you know, it's damn good. So, So whether or not it's this super pretty thing with you know, <laughs> smoke coming out of it. You know, which which like in your head, it's like that's you know you need the drama for the tasting menu. You yeah. know what I mean? Just to to set yourself apart, you need that drama. And I was like, nah, man. Like our drama is gonna be On with the, the direction, and our drama is gonna be with the flavors and fish heads <laughs> and fish heads. Oh, fish heads. You know, so that's that's really how it came about, man. And. I'm very, very grateful to like people like Kylie and Irish or V and my crew that like and Ambrose and Pats that like stood behind it all. You know? Uh there are times when we you know, there are times when I wanted to give up, man. Like it was like I just felt shitty. Like I'd go to Kylie and be like, Am I doing something wrong? Am I fucking up? Is this like the wrong thing? Because like I could cook a different way. You know, she's like, nah, man, no. I was like, yeah, I could. I, I was like, I can. I, I, I definitely cook a different way. I have, you know. 
And she's like, no, just stay, stay you. And like, yeah. I think it was really hard for us to just be patient throughout that whole process as well, you know. Um, yeah, I, like the last year we just had to believe, you know, like, and I think that that was like the hardest thing. You know, there were nights where we were quiet and you're quiet and sucks and you just don't know whether you're doing the right thing or not and you just have to be like, no, like, yeah. we're going to... We, if we, you know, and that coming back to like what we were talking about before, it's like cutting out all the noise that's on the outside, what people are saying, like just really focusing on the people who come through our doors, who's in this restaurant, our team, like backing each other up, making sure that everyone feels safe to be as creative as possible and to be themselves and to do what we need to do. Like I think that that was really like the real the real test for the last year you know and just to just keep going on what yeah, we and, wanted to do and there was a lot of noise man like the amount of shit talking I heard it's just like oh my <laughs> was God. it all internal or was it coming from diners or from press no or not just diners from Mitch mostly just, like, just <laughs> this podcast <laughs> just, just the Mitch man the Mitch and fuck poor Carmichael <laughs> but yeah it it's just quite it was really discouraging at times but I'm you know once again I keep using this word grateful because there are people like Mitch and and not, it's not just because it's Mitch's show but like Mitch and Clayton and Morgan and Luke and I mean I could list a bunch of other people and they've Sorry, all been I, on many episodes of the Mitch that you can go and find but, right now but like literally brought they, to you by Victoria <laughs> they kind of had my back man you know what I mean like yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to just circle back there for a second. I mean, people sometimes ask me what Momofuku is. I, I think the last time I interviewed you, I was like, what is Momofuku? You know, David Chang refuses to define it. Kylie, I don't know if you've got a clear idea of it. But Why do you always that, have to put shit in a neat box, Pat? It doesn't have to be a neat box, Mitch, but you also need to be able to tell people what you're doing. Um, at the same time, God. that moment nah. you said, there's nothing like that moment when you said, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I want. I mean, if you look at the origin story of David Chang, you know, or the origin story of what made Momofuku great, it was that moment at Momofuku Samba when everything was going to shit, the restaurant wasn't working out, everyone hated it, he was hating himself, and they just said, fuck it, we're going to do what we want, and that's when it got good. Ten years. That's, that's, Momo, that's Momofuku. That's the essence of the Momofuku thing there, and that's more what you've carried here. It's not the fucking pork buns it's not the peach logo it's that attitude yeah, I think. That's, that's, every, that's that's what I think makes this restaurant really really interesting that's everything that and the fact that it's this one's for you Levens tasty AF yeah you know what I mean <laughs> but the, if, you, the, if, if you're, you're not comfortable away, even if you drop away that backstory, this is a great story Paul bringing this cuisine here that we don't mm. know is really interesting giving it a forum that it hasn't had even in the Caribbean you're not going to eat Caribbean food in a restaurant like, like this yeah. you know you're not going to have it backed by the number one gangster Kylie Javier with a full fucking pairing of bizarre wines from the Jura 
David Chang's least favorite wine style <laughs> from, from Ambrose Chang. That's not going to happen in fucking yeah. Barbados. No. You know? But if you look you at all, all, the all that back, sorry, Mitch, shut up. If you drop all that back and the just. Mitch needs more podcasts, but I'm going to speak for an hour straight. <laughs> the Mitch needs more podcasts. Yes. <laughs> you drop all that you back. You can't fucking say anything about pronunciation. Pronunciation. <laughs> Even without all of that stuff, if you just take Paul's food completely. Which one's, which one's Pat's plug? Completely <laughs> blank slate. It's tasty as fuck. Yeah. You know, it's delicious food. It's not have to chase 10 fucking microherbs around the plate and a smear food. It's full flavored. It's interesting. You walk out of here going, fuck yeah, and high-fiving the person you just had dinner with. Yeah. And that's because he's comfortable and that's what he believes in. And like any great restaurant person cooking really fucking well is they're doing what they want to do and they're cooking for themselves almost and believing in what they do. And then it doesn't matter if people don't get it or don't like it because that's up to them but if you're putting a product out that you can stand behind and you believe in chances are most of the population is going to feel that too can we pour some flavor into the ears of the Mitch and Reed? I, was gonna, I mean, we've, been, say, we've been very broad. It's we, been very abstract. So, I mean, yeah. Mitch, you, you've eaten here. Levin's, you, you can just imagine. I've had what Levin's got like. two kids. Levin's got two kids. <laughs> I mean, Mitch, what's some of the stuff here that you've eaten that's turned your head? Uh, pork buns. Pork buns are great. <laughs> um, the rice cakes are really good. Yeah, that raw beef uh-huh. with the radish. Yeah, the radish and the, and the burnt yeah. watermelon. Yeah. No, well, that, um, I love the way they finish with the pork shoulder at the end. That's really And the Lucky Peach magazines are like a couple dollars cheaper than, than having them sent over from the states there you go <laughs> the Delicious. um the roti the first time i had the roti it's just it's fucking next level and it's just and this is a town where we take a roti seriously yeah I mean, we know you know roti the, in this town if you grew up in sydney you know what a roti is but it's it's fun to eat that's the thing about coming to momo it's fun to eat here and you don't have to be here for six hours waiting half an hour between every fucking course you come and it's fun. Everything to eat is fun. It's a mix of just having something on your plate for you and then pulling a fish head apart with crazy-ass hot sauce and Paul doesn't even like chili. (laughs) You know, like, everything just is really fucking tasty to having a choco sorbet. And I fucking hate chocos, but it's super clean and refreshing and then it sets you up for the next thing. And And no one else is doing food like this. No, no no one else is using that flavor palette that's so familiar to Paul but it's really unfamiliar to us and it, like you know even the goat curry that Paul was making for a, a function for 5,000 people just because it was easy for him to do is fucking so tasty you know and I guess it's kind of the advantage of being friends and knowing mama for so long and stuff you come here and you get that little bit of extra Paul be just like oh I'm working on this try this it might not be good but try it anyway because yeah, you're safe <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he says oh, it's probably going to be shit, but it's fucking always tasty as hell, you know? Like, it might not be for the tasting menu, but I would be happy to eat a bowl of that goat curry every fucking day of my life, you know? It's just, it's flavorful food. What's turned your head lately, Kylie? Um, I mean, I think that the creativity in the kitchen Talk and the dishes. restaurant has gone through the roof, but <laughs> I really love, like, I mean, when we were talking about. Um, on our tasting menu now, the main meat course that we serve is serve family style. Um, and that's because that's how we like to eat, you so know. So what is it? Um, it's cubed pork. It's a pork small family of six. Loin. <laughs> <laughs> roasted. Um, so it's pork loin and that's just roasted over the coals, served with some crackling. And then you get sides with it as well. Yeah. So What are those sides? Uh, um, Come on, it's like pumpkin. you work here or something. Oh, no. Wah, wah. Um, we have pumpkin. <laughs> 
That is... Number one, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the chef's serve the food so mama doesn't need to know what it is yeah I mean, <laughs> well, what does the pork come with at the moment does <laughs> anybody work does anyone <laughs> fucking know what's on the menu let me just Ambrose, grab a menu Stabler, out and I'll read it here? for you well, well at the, the pumpkin mom- at the moment it's uh, pork glazed pumpkin with uh, split peas and turmeric and uh, curried onions and sheep's milk curd chef yeah, I did. I did know that. I was just <laughs> just checking know, to see if you knew it. Restaurant of the year. <laughs> it's the whole package, folks, from the, the staff to the wine to the food. But it's good. You know what I love most about that is like people just sharing food, and I think that it is such a like, especially for me. You know, growing up, food is like the center of my life and my family, and to see how people many pigs like, did you have at your wedding? We had three pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I only had one, man. I was fucking, fucking up. Um, but, you know, and even like the marins. So we serve these marins um, that are roasted over coals with some uh, coconut and koji butter that Mitch was talking about before with the roti. And literally, like, it makes me so happy for people to just, like, see them just... They just forget where they are because yeah. people like roll up their sleeves. They get in there. They're so messy. Like, the we place literally, gets lit, Levens. <laughs> It's so like, six months ago. It's on, it's on fleek. It's on fleek, bro. Um, but yeah, that's what I love most about it. You know, getting pe- seeing people just lose themselves in the food and not feel like they have to be on their best behaviour because they're in a restaurant. Or yeah. you know, sometimes it can be awkward when you get like six businessmen <laughs> and they're like, "We have to what? Like, where's the cutlery?" <laughs> But you're born with it, man. Too. It's on yeah, your, it's on it. your hands. What are you experimenting with the moment that you're loving, Paul? What's good right now? What's taking your fancy? Oh man, I'm I'm in smoker heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, the pastrami. My yeah. God, I'm what kind of smoker have you got here? We got a little Bradley. Little yep, little Bradley, Bradley. Little electronic one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what you used to have? Yeah, actually, same brand and everything. Yeah, yeah, so I've just been like playing around. They're getting so annoyed. Like, like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, chef, stop making smoke stuff. <laughs> Except every time he opens like a packet, I'm like, ooh, uh, anything, he takes anything out of the smoker. I, that's like my I, favorite, I like, uh, that, that, re- that assurance when you walk into a restaurant and you can smell just that faint smokiness in the corner. I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to get something to smoke tonight. I gotta say, I mean, I'm, yeah, I've been to a few restaurants this year and one thing I don't love is the sensation that the food I'm eating has been reheated and the food I'm eating at Momofuku feels like it has been cooked and cooked to order. You know, I mean, I love the fact that... What did that cooked... What's that fancy cooktop? What's the island thing you've got there? What was, what's that called? The mot- Maltini. The Maltini. You know, the fucking Rolls Royce of blah, 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 blah. I like the fact that it's been retrofitted with a bunch of barbecues and the fancy flat top is now used to make roti. I think that's fucking great. <laughs> you know, like, this is... It's been... To an exciting Money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing, like a, a core thing for me, like as a as a cook, and like try to to teach my, like I call them my kids. I'm like, this is an era of cooking that has, you know, it's shifted, you know, and I want my guys to be able to leave here and walk into any restaurant on the planet. And if somebody's like, here's this random meat you've never seen because you're in, like, Papua New Guinea, please cook it for me. That you don't need a, you a, know, water, bath. a, a water bath and a cryovac machine. You know, I, I want my guys to be able to be like, oh, cool. 
This looks like kangaroo. Done. Yeah, I've I'll, got I'll knives. Make that happen. I've got knives. I've got fire. I can make yeah. you some fucking mm. dinner. You know, and and it's one thing that I've pushed for since I got here. It's just like we're gonna cook everything. It's gonna be harder, but we're gonna. It's all gonna be raw when we start service. You know, it, everything will be raw or alive <laughs> when we start, and by the end of it. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be dead. It's gonna be. <laughs> it'll be cooked and hopefully well cooked. And there's something to be said about how great the setup is here, where you can see your entire meal get cooked in front of your eyes, depending on which section you're watching at the time. And I think this is like one of one of the better places. Is that to watch something that. you've read about? No, I've, I've seen before Paul was here. Yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, your, your reviews was, are very vivid. Dave came in to eat, and he was. I've never seen Dave semi shocked because he was like. Like after after service, he's like, "Jeez, you guys are running, man!" Like he's like, "You guys," he's like, "There's so much going on. I could even." I was like, "Yeah, it's not it's not like I wanted it to look chaotic, but <laughs> I I really just want us to like cook like I used to cook when it was you know like young, you know like that's how we cooked in restaurants when it was sixteen. You look at kitchens today, often it looks like people are sleeping their way through service." I mean, I know they've done a ton, a buttload yeah. of, of so, prep. Talking, sometimes sometimes about Instagram, Instagram's going crazy. You've got to be good at me again. Again. <laughs> Is that a hashtag? He's always, he's always taking shots. <laughs> always subtweeting me, Pat. <laughs> when is, does Mitch work at Acme? We don't know. We're, we're trying to find out. That's what this podcast is all about. Hi, Parsi. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you tipping to replace Parsi Batanen in the Mitchin kitchen now? Sorry, in the, in the Acme kitchen, I beg your pardon, now that Mitch is on a mission to replace himself with ever greater chefs. I mean, oh Annalise Gregory's been there. They've been a talented crew from day one. Parsi Patanen's doing some moonlight shifts right must now. must say something about how good a place it is to work, huh? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and what a great person he is to work with. Exactly. In every venture, be it food I see or those eyes, Mitch. I'm, <laughs> all the, all the shots you want to take I'm hearing Marco Pierre-White. Kylie, before you oh. were Marco saying, you were saying the, the spirit of Fernand Poirot was signing up. <laughs> Marco can't come to Acme. I thought you were going to start writing his memoir. That's your next big project for next year, I'm not year, right? that good. He's going for, the, going for the big guns. Come on. That's what J.K. Rowling's doing next year. <laughs> Forget wizards. Forget all about. wizards. <laughs> Pastor chefs. You finished now, everybody? Finished. No? The inside so word there is actually that Mitch is a Hogwarts graduate. Right. That's the inside running. Finish, Mitch, yeah, he apparated to this interview. <laughs> Um, so, number one in, in, in the country, Pat, Boom. is it difficult living in Sydney and trying to look at restaurants on a, on a national scale? It's not difficult, it's just expensive. Yeah, sure. You know, um, uh, I got a team of 60, these people are really good, um, most of them I've been working with for a number of years, some of them have been with the magazine longer than I have, um, they're very much immersed in their local restaurant scenes in each state, in each nook, in each cranny, in each territory of Australia. They're looking year-round. Um, they've got good people working for them. All of our state editors travel. Fortunately, I don't see their names and pictures hidden behind the bar here at Momofuku Seba, so I'm confident that we can send people in here who you don't spot. Um, 
uh, it's, it's that, that, that list. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we work it. So they're all prone to having moustaches, though. They are all prone to having moustaches <laughs> and having lines drawn through their other parts of their bio. Um, no. They get around. I mean, the, the great thing about our team is I, I'm confident they present a genuinely national view. So I look at restaurants in other cities. I review restaurants in other parts of Australia for our restaurant guide, and likewise our Melbourne guy or our Perth guy or our Queensland reviewer, whatever, these people get around. And that way we can sort of benchmark, you know, a one-star restaurant in Tasmania should be like a one-star restaurant in Queensland, should be like a one-star restaurant in Western Australia and so on. So Yeah, so you've got a great handle on, on restaurants all throughout the country and you've numbered them from 1 to 100 in here. What I want to ask you right now is can you please rank the states, the best, the best states to eat in Australia? Well, I mean, if we're going to do it by numbers in terms of how they're represented no, 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 in the restaurant, wait, wait, yeah, the okay, restaurant sure. got the we'll Gourmet Traveller to top 100, it would, go, <laughs> it would go New South Wales, Woo-hoo. Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia, Tasmania, the ACT, Tasmania, sorry, the ACT, the Northern Territory. Mm-hmm. That's just in terms of raw, raw numbers, in terms of representation. And I think that's probably broadly correct, but... The weight of numbers doesn't represent where the excitement is necessarily. I mean, Tasmania has relatively few restaurants in our guide, but, you know, Franklin is an amazing restaurant. If you told me you are going to Franklin on the weekend, I'd be high-fiving you. I'd be, like, super excited. You know, again, the ACT doesn't have a huge number of restaurants, but if you looked at it against... If you did the numbers, if you were numerate and I'm not, you know, you would probably find that per head of population, the ACT punches well above its weight. Um... Sydney, I think, has had the most openings, just in terms of raw numbers. Sydney's had the most openings this year. So if you're looking for the new, that's where it's at. But, I mean, you guys travel. You know the deal. You can eat really well mm. anywhere in Australia right now. Except maybe Darwin. Darwin's hard. Yeah. Is there any, any Darwin coverage in the guide this year? We have a chapter dedicated to the Northern Territory. Uh, I have a robust and frank conversation with our Northern Territory editor every year about whether or not there are enough... whether whether the territory would be better served by us going to a full sort of review listing but at the moment her feeling is that there aren't enough restaurants to review in full um, and that we're better off doing a sort of general wrap up I mean for me the best eating in Darwin is still in the markets mm. so and those aren't full service restaurants that's not not what we deal with at Gourmet Traveller Mitch how do you feel about some Caribbean pasta in in, in Darwin <laughs> the, clim- the climates right <laughs> how do you think we rank with the rest of the world in terms of food in Australia? I think we rank really well. I mean, we, we have... Australia has been afflicted by this need to break our own arms, trying to pat ourselves on the back, saying we have the best produce in the world and the best this, that, and the other thing in the world. That's not true. You know, we have some good produce. There are some things here that are really not great, Paul, straight off the top of your head, things that Australia could do better. Boom. Not putting that on the ear. All right. <laughs> really? Here's hot dogs. Nice. We could do hot dogs Yeah, better. we do hot dogs better, but... In terms of restaurants, our restaurant culture, yeah, like, let's look at that, you know, per head of population thing. I mean, we punch way above our weight. I mean, you can eat really well in Australia at all levels, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Um, you know, you go, to a, city, agree. Yeah, you go to a city like, like New York. Uh, Copenhagen, for instance, and there's a handful of really amazing restaurants. But once you get through that top five, it starts to look pretty dire. If you're in Sydney or Melbourne... You know, you can eat really, really, really well. If you just want to eat Vietnamese food, you can do that for three weeks and, and do really do well. well. If you just want to eat Thai food. I mean, I think t- 
the Thai food in, in Sydney is the best Thai food outside Asia. I absolutely believe that. Fuck you, Jonathan Gold. Um, <laughs> Los Angeles can eat a dick. Um, I love you, Jonathan Gold. But he doesn't yeah, listen. To it, it's, it's a okay. dick in sambal, though. <laughs> it's a dick in sambal. Um, no, I think I, I genuinely. I mean, I travel a lot for work, and I genuinely believe that Australia is a great place to eat and I think our restaurants are vibrant and exciting and we're so spoiled in terms of the diversity that we have I mean the diversity in Sydney is right up there and, and Melbourne is right up there with, with New York or with London and we're a tiny tiny fraction of the size and a tiny tiny fraction of the uh, the restaurant history so and it's on the up yeah. you know it's, it's dynamic and exciting provided sure. we have enough small like young people becoming chefs in the near future that seems to be like the biggest that problem could for be all a problem. restaurants. Yeah, that yeah. could be a problem. <laughs> Expect more sous vide cooking. Mm, that could be a problem. Um, an ongoing discussion that Mitch and I are having lately um, is um, the length of dining at certain um, high-end restaurants and uh, whether or not there is a perfect one. Do some of them go too long? Yes, they do. Paul, what's the ideal? I mean, how, how long does it take for you for someone to do the tasting menu at Namafuku now? Uh... In Paul world, <laughs> in Paul world, I'd like it to be an hour and a half. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's that's like my two, two and a half. But, but that's in, my ideal time. In in real life, it's like because we could only go as fast as you go. But in real life, it's it's more like two, two, two fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, that's right. Considering the amount of courses you're eating, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And it's it's not for me. It's not about rushing. Like, I'm, there's no part of me that wants to rush a diner out of here. Mm. But for me, it's all about the the excitement, and it's all about having that tiny moment in between courses that you you capture, you don't miss. I, I feel like when you like in between the course, there's like that moment when you're like if that thing was really good, what's coming next? And you're like, the excitement builds. But if, if, if you spend too long in between... That excitement goes. The excitement yeah. goes. Then you, and then you're just like, why, where is my next course? Then, you're like, then that so course bored. comes. Then you're like, all right, it's back. And it's like this constant, you know. Yeah. But I want it to, to be like this constant line where it's like... Yeah, I've had, I've had a few great meals this year where the, the snacks part of it, like, you know, the first... 10 mini tiny courses come at an incredible pace and you're just like oh wow this is the best and it's just like you know you finish one another one goes on your table straight away you have that moment you eat the next thing they tell you all more about it the drink comes it's like great pacing yeah. and then as soon as it comes to like the real courses the mains then there's like huge gaps in between them I mean that said most of them are prefaced by like you know can we keep you here a while tonight but yeah there is something to be said about like you know when, when you start longing for the cracking pace of, of, of how, how the meal began there's a problem that, but that's not for everybody you know like, no. yeah. Yeah, and I that's agree. where it comes down to judging your customers and being a good hosp- hospitality business and being a good restaurant because not everyone likes I like to eat const- like when my food gets cleared I like the next thing to come straight away but some people like to sit and wait and finish their glass of wine and, and that's when it becomes the front of house's and domain people, to say you know, okay we need to slow down very and, often mm. yeah. and, and they so want to make it last they want to make the most yeah. of their evening yeah. and they want to like really especially when like, you have the price tag yeah they want to feel like they're getting you know a full night's experience yeah. not just 100%. like oh it's over so quickly yeah. but I mean for the most part I think 
people will always let you know whether it's too fast or yeah, too yeah. slow. Yeah. Um, in general, like, we like to keep the pace yeah. quick. Just like Paul was saying, like, it's part of building momentum and mm-hmm. um, not losing people's interest as well. Yeah. And, you know, people get restless. Yeah. But for the people who do want to hang back, like, you can always let us know. And we'll, yeah, we're for sure. happy to... Pat, what's the longest meal you had in the last year? Uh, I was at um, Stone Barns all day. Mm -hmm. And it didn't feel long at all. It felt great. Like, I was like, wow, it's night time now. Sean Brock's coming in for dinner. Did they move you from, like, in and out as well? That that was quite clever. They staged the meal over, like, a whole bunch of different... So, Stone Barns is a restaurant in upstate New York. It's run by... Dan Barber, it's on a working farm, a very, very, very fancy working farm. <laughs> but, you know, um, you'll move from the bar to the dining room. At some stage, you'll go out for a wander out, have a... I was there in the daytime, so you go out and have a barbecue and a beer out on the terrace. And then in one memorable bit, memorable bit you go out to the old manure shed, yeah, <laughs> which, they, which they've thoroughly cleaned, I should add. Um, and or you go to their their baking zone, and it doesn't feel hokey. It doesn't feel Disneyland. It's very, very, very well stage managed. I would say it's not for everyone, and you really have to work hard to pull it off. I mean, there are some restaurants in Australia that will try to move you around, and it feels a bit forced sometimes. Um, I would approach that with extreme caution. I generally think a quick game is a good game. I do wonder if a few degustations around town are putting the interest of the chef ahead of the interest of the diner. That doesn't make me feel great as a customer. Um, anytime that happens, whether it feels like the food has been bone rolled and bagged because it can be held at temperature and is more convenient for the chef than learning how to cook meat properly, it doesn't make me feel special as a customer. It doesn't make me feel like I'm spending my $185 a head well. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm a problem that is there to be solved by the restaurant or a cog in their machine. For that much money at that end of town, it's about me or me and my table, the people I'm with. I really, really hate restaurants that misjudge. Like, there's a really well-known, what used to be three-star, three-hat restaurant in Sydney is now a two-star, two-hat restaurant that is famous for treading on your punchlines and interrupting your conversation to say, and now, <laughs> chef blah, blah, blah is this. And it's like, over the course of the meal, when that happens 14 times and in a now, night. And now, Mitchell has put duck parfait on a jets. <laughs> <laughs> we have done that. But I've never. Been, I loved it. I've never been know, a two star you know, or a three star restaurant, and we never will be. I mean, that's that's a big that a lot of that comes down to service, giving you of ideas, course, and judging the moment, and knowing when to like subtly slip the food on the table. But sometimes it's like there's a Chinese saying that oh, I think it's actually an Italian saying that a fish stink, a fish rots from the head. You know, some of this stuff really is top down. It's sort of chef attitude coming top down, and um, you know, we celebrate chefs in gourmet travel. We we respect talent of chefs I think people in Australia are really interested in what you're doing but it's not the whole dining experience you know um, so yeah keep it tight people perfect, perfect uh, length for, for, a, for a meal no perfect length not too long you know as long as it feels great it's great I mean a, an all day lazy lunch is a beautiful thing but if you can get to a fancy restaurant punch in punch out leave happy and go and have a beer afterwards that's pretty good too what about perfect length of a podcast one hour five minutes can get better than that. <laughs> Sound good, guys? Just <laughs> <laughs> the five minutes for. Mitch. Uh, the time we're up. That's, we're, 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 at, we're almost at five, one hour, five minutes, so we should wrap, wrap things up. You got Thank anything you so else much. to say, Pat, seeing as it's your podcast? Got to get it off your chest now. On, sta- on stands now. 
I love you, Mitch. <laughs> uh, and if you want to follow Pat online, you can do so at Pat Nurse on Badoom. Instagram. Um, you still on, you still using Twitter? Uh, intermittently it's like a party where most people have left and the last people there are a bit creepy but yeah, you know, pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> so yes Pat is <laughs> I'll see you there, He's there. Oh, MySpace mostly you can follow Gourmet Traveler's Twitter account where they'll tell you how to make cabanara with zucchini <laughs> Mitch, just, Mitch was doing some Giovanni Pillu actually like was the one that screenshot it and was like what the hell <laughs> Classic. Uh, Kylie, where can we find you online? Uh, Instagram at Kylie Javier Ashton. Easy. And Paul, how about yourself? Paul does not exist uh, online. Paul, at Paul's at, at Momofuku Seobo, the star Pyramid. That's where I'll be. And uh, if you want to start an Instagram account for Paul before I do, uh, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> you can find us online, facebook.com slash the Mitchin, or send us an email if you would like some questions answered by our crack team of professionals, uh, the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got Pat's on board every episode. <laughs> <The now. Mitchin. laughs> and uh, you can find Mitch online at Instakrill on Instagram. And uh, if you're creepy like Pat, you can find him on Twitter, Krillin on the run. Uh, and I'm on both as at Levdog, L-E-V, D-O-W-G. Great uh, with the pronunciation today. Yeah, real good, real good. This, this is a bit, pretty good episode as far as uh, Super me professional. <laughs> uh, and while you're on iTunes right now, why don't you head over to the store, give the Mitchin a nice little review so more people can find this podcast and we can do more episodes like this one. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Schwing. The Mitchin. Mitchin. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Check, check. Off the top of the dome. Yo. <laughs> Kylie, hit me hard, Mitchin. Okay, no, I got it. I, 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 I just spat all over Best new theme song ever. <laughs> Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.